Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and Bulldog fans everywhere. We are back after a one-week break. You know, it's one of, something the bye weeks allow us to do is we don't have anything to talk to you all about. So we did. We gave yeah. you all an interview last week, uh, a little bit bonus for you all, something that we hope that you all enjoyed. You all to go check out our interview with Steve Robertson if you haven't already. Um, we, were, we, Me and Gavin enjoyed the heck out of that. But now we're back a week later to talk about the University of Tennessee and how they're going to play against Mississippi State and how Mississippi State is going to play against them. It's tomorrow. We're all going to be watching. It's another 11 a.m. kickoff. We're thrilled about it. We're very excited. Uh, of course. As always, I'm your co-host, Colton Watson. I'm your other co-host, Gavin Logazino. And welcome back to the Hell State Shockwave. So we're going to be talking about Tennessee. First, we're just going to kind of talk about just some valuable – a few of the key team stats, we're not going to go into like super in-depth about a whole ton of team stats because they've, they've got – it's kind of odd. They've got three games against non-conference opponents, two of which they lost, which as bad as Tennessee is, they should not have lost those games. Okay, They shouldn't lose at home to Georgia State. That makes no sense. And then they've got two games against teams, which we're going to, we're going to destroy them anyway. So – kind of tricky yeah um they should ju- be three and two right that. now they should be they should be three and two but they well even if they were still three and two we still know that they're not very good yeah if that makes sense anyway they're one and four um they're giving up 28.8 points per game however if you t- take out a, a shutout against ut chattanooga and their four losses they're giving up 36 points per game all of those games have been at home except for one game against florida they lost to BYU at home in overtime, 29 to 26. They lost to Georgia State at home. They let, allowed Georgia State, who was 2 and 10 last year, to put up 38 points. Georgia State went on to lose to Fordham the next week, guys. Okay. This is not good. Hey, they got a good quarterback, though. They do. Um, who is not, who did not have crack on his, the hood of his car. I think that was Georgia Southern's quarterback. Yeah, that was Georgia Southern. That was hilarious. That is the funniest <laughs> thing that ever happened. <laughs> For those of y'all, I got to tell the story for those of y'all that don't know. Guy had crack in his own, smeared on the hood of his car. And they said, bro, this is crack. In you're a bag, you're going right? to jail. I don't, I don't think it was in a bag. It was out. There was bags around maybe. I don't know why they thought that. He goes, dude, that's not crack. That's bird poop. And for like four days, everybody laughed at him. I thought, you're, you, what an idiot. What a terrible lie. <laughs> and then the test results come back and it was bird poop. <laughs> and the dude was telling the truth. It's hilarious. Anyway, uh, Sorry that that guy had to get arrested and go through all that, but um, that was Georgia Southern, I believe, though, not Georgia State. If you ever been to Georgia State's campus, it's not pretty. I read I read an article today about most ugliest campuses, like on the. It was a clickbait article, but it was a, Georgia State was high on the list, and I've been to Georgia State. It's all like spread out throughout the city of Atlanta. I don't even know where they practice football, and yet they still beat Tennessee. I I don't even understand how that works. Maybe they practice <laughs> at Mercedes Benz uh, Stadium or something. I don't know. Who knows? But anyway. They lose a game that they shouldn't have lost to Georgia State. They lose a game that they shouldn't have lost to BYU, who went on, who's a decent team. They went on to beat uh, USC. If, if BYU had 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 the season it's had this year in the 2004 or something like that, they'd be the number one team in the country <laughs> because they beat USC and beat Tennessee. Yeah. Um. They then, of course, they get right with against uh, UT Chattanooga, pitch a shutout, score a ton of points. 
um, get embarrassed by Florida, get embarrassed by Georgia. Who Actually, that was a game at halftime, but the score it ended up not being a game at all. Anyway, you come on now after a big beating at Georgia and, uh, at home. Now they welcome another SEC team, the third SEC team in a row, Mississippi State. They play Alabama next week. So what I mean to say by all this is you get us right between Georgia and Alabama, us after a bye week, so we're rested up, them in between the hardest weeks on their schedule. I kind of like – it fell right at the right spot for us. I think we did – this is the best it could have been uh, as far as when this game was scheduled, if we're going to – if you're if you're trying to beat Tennessee. However, as, as bad as Tennessee's been, it's not going to be like the walk on the park that we really want it to be. Sadly, but we are going to go look at some of the team stats, like we mentioned. Um, Tennessee is only scoring 23.6 points per game. That includes, like we said, a loss at Georgia State where they scored 30, a loss against BYU where they scored 26. There's uh, Most they've scored this year was 45 against Chattanooga, and then they only scored three at Florida and scored 14 all in the first half against Georgia last week. Um. So twenty three point six points per game. Just just thinking about how football goes, guys. How many think about you know how many points have we scored? We're a pretty decent scoring offense. We should be. We would be a lot better if not for the quarterback injuries and the slow pace that we've been working at. And we've got it's way more than that. We haven't we haven't had a game where we haven't scored uh, twenty three points. Even the loss to, even the bad loss to Auburn that last week. So um, first downs there. Or let's just talk about third down. Uh, Efficiency. They're actually not terrible on third down. They got they're converting forty percent of their third downs, only twenty two percent of their fourth downs, what they've had to go for nine times in these crazy situations they find themselves in. Uh, they're averaging about two hundred fifteen passing yards per game, but they're mostly a better rushing team. They've got one hundred thirty seven rush yards per game, which is pretty decent. Again, the almost all of this average is being super inflated by the Chattanooga game. Yeah, because and their offense is super spotty. Like they they have seven quarters of scoreless football in it's, five games. It's kind of odd, yeah. I I think that's a good point that you said that. It's kind of spotty. This is still an SEC team, and they have athletes, and we're going to talk about them later. But there's just so many. Like it's like all the pieces are. It's kind of all the pieces are kind of there. Garantano is the second leading all, and he's not even going to start this weekend. We'll talk about that later. He is the second all-time leader in completion percentage at Tennessee. Behind Peyton, I'm assuming. Yes, like that's crazy. I mean, but that that includes uh, behind just all kinds of great. You know, you, you, it really starts and ends with Peyton Manning. If you're thinking about quarterbacks at Tennessee, but they, they've been, had great football for years. And Garantano, in this dark time in their history, is their second has the best collision percentage after uh, after Peyton Manning. Um. Anyway, we come into this weekend. Last time we played Tennessee was in 2012, and we beat them. That was a big win for Dan Mullen. We need to. This I'm going to say. Here's the thing: it's not going to be a big win if we win, but it's going to be a big loss if we lose. Yeah. We cannot lose this game. Some of the players that are we're going to try to do that are going to try to make us lose this game. We're about to tell you about right now. We mentioned Jarrett Garantano. He's supposed to play, but he's not going to start. That's what the word is officially as of now. Um, Ryan Meyer 
Mar, Mar, Mar. He's got a bunch of R's in his name. It's hard to say. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. Yeah, I can't. I don't know if it's. I'm just saying. It, it's gonna sound like one Marver. syllable. Yeah, Marer. It's just. It's gonna sound like one syllable when I pronounce it the rest of the show. But anyway, Brian Marr, He was pretty good against Georgia in the first half. Uh, he ended up only being 50 percent completion percentage and getting lit up pretty good. He got lit up there, cl- kind of close to the end of the game, and kind of was a little bit gimpy, and that's why they weren't sure if he was gonna start or Garantano and. They're not sure, whatever. They pretty much have a similar uh, quarterback situation that we have, except the older guy hasn't been getting hurt. He's just not been doing great. I suppose Tommy, who's been doing great, he's just been wounded. So we got to deal with two quarterbacks. That's not great. I'm not, you know, I'm not just worried about this freshman quarterback, except for the fact that we made a freshman look really, really good last uh, last time we played against Auburn. And I don't know if y'all are watching that game when they went into the swamp, but Todd Grantham exposed him for the freshman that he was, and we weren't able to do that. Yeah. So I'm, I, that makes me a little bit nervous. If you're gonna, the best players on this team that we're gonna have to spend the most time talking about, and this is where we're, Cam Dantzler and Marie Smitherman are gonna have to make some money right here. Jawan Jennings and Marquez Callaway are two wideouts for Tennessee, and. Jawan Jennings is way ahead statistically of Cal- Marquez Callaway, but Marquez Callaway is also – I mean, they're both really good, but Marquez Callaway is the big, huge jump ball athlete that's hard to cover. Jawan Jennings is, is very, very productive. He has 26 catches, 395 yards um, this year already. Uh, Callaway only has 13 catches, but he's averaging 20, 20 yards per catch. So he had a touchdown uh, – of he had three touchdowns last week just – Excuse me. No, he has three touchdowns. Excuse me. Not three touchdowns. Tennessee did not score three touchdowns last week. He has three touchdowns, including a 73-yard touchdown last week that he did have. So those are the, our biggest threats. And the thing is, if we're going to be able to lock those guys up, it'll make it a little bit easier. I feel like if we either force them to throw it or just force them or make them to where they can't throw it, one of the two, if we either just – Lockdown, make them one-dimensional either way. I think it would be better for us. Preferably, we'd like to make them one-dimensional and make it, force them to throw the ball. That means get, get ahead of them, first of all. Make it, get, get ahead to where they have to feel like they have to play catch-up. All right? Force them to throw the ball to where they're not running the ball because we don't like it when teams run the ball. That doesn't help us. That's not good. That we don't, that, that's, that, that's our weakness, but it is right now. Um, but either way, I think – even if they are just throwing the ball and they do, we do get to the point to where we are forcing them to throw the ball, you're still going to have to watch out for uh, Callaway and Jennings. Yeah, I agree. They're some of the better wide receivers in the SEC. Um, and, again, we've played these big physical receivers before that maybe aren't on the best team. If you think about Kentucky, Kentucky has some great receivers. Lynn Bowden is good, and then they've got a couple of receivers that are just massive. And we – Lynn Bowden had a, was very productive, but but, but limited in his in, in his – big play impact uh, when he played against us. If we can do the same thing with those two, I think we'll be in decent shape. Yeah. Um, running backs, there's several running backs that uh, Tennessee's going to play. Ty Chandler, who's a junior, he's got 320 yards and a couple touchdowns. He's more of just like a home run threat, though. Not so much every down back. Um, true freshman Eric Gray, who we tried to get on our team uh, last recruiting cycle, didn't work out, of course. Uh He's got 170 yards, and last week the leading rusher was Tim Jordan, who's another junior. Again, it's more – it's none of these guys are going to just jump off the sheet at you as rush, as running backs. We, they're not Booby Whitlow or Kylan Hill or DeAndre Switch or anything like that. 
but they have enough of them to where you kind of got to keep your eye on the personnel that they're using when and when they're using it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Luckily for us, they're going to have to start two true freshmen at, at both tackle spots. That's going to be difficult. So they've got juniors and a senior at center and juniors at guard. So through up the middle running is probably where they're going to want to go. If we can just get after the passer a little bit, get after either Maher or Garantano with these, uh, against these two freshman guard, uh, tackles, that's going to be huge for us. They're not going to be able to just – I don't think they're going to be able to push us around on the edges very much. If they want to get out on the edge and run, be my guest. Um, with these just, again, being freshmen, names Wanya or Wanya Morris and Darnell Wright. I'm not sure – the, the, they says true freshmen that are having to start as if they haven't been playing a whole ton is what my uh, the Tennessee report says. Um. I apologize if y'all just heard that sound. I'm actually, <laughs> believe it or not, I'm recording this from my old high school. And it's not a school day, but the bells are still on because it would be a school day if it wasn't fall break. Uh, so they're not turned off. So I we get just Monday off. You get Monday off. Just yeah. Monday? Yeah, just Monday. That's your only day of break? Yeah. That's ridiculous. I mean, I, we used to get like three days off, and now at Mississippi State we only get two. And I think well, here at, at my high school now they only get two. I used to get three. I get a full week at Thanksgiving. So, See, I only get three days of Thanksgiving. That's annoying. I get two days of fall break, three days of Thanksgiving. I hate that. Yeah. Especially right. when for Thanksgiving I got to go home on Tuesday night, come back Thursday for the Egg Bowl, go back home Friday morning, and then come back Sunday. Yeah, that sounds it's miserable. Just, it is miserable. It is. But we're going to watch this beat on Miss. We're going to have Thanksgiving with the family, and that's always great. Um, just, just, just a quick hitter right here. If it becomes a kicking game, we're going to lose because Tennessee is a great kicker. Brent Simaglia. Yeah, I'm not even going to try. Simaglia. I think I got it. It's Simaglia. Either Simaglia or Simaglia. He's but a great kicker. If it comes down to a defensive game, I think we'll win. If it comes down to defensive game, I think we'll win. They have not – they've got a ton of defensive – so all these team dismissals and stuff, you've seen receivers and defensive players be dismissed from the team or leave the team because of the dysfunction and just the blah, blah, blah. you got people hurt. One of their best defensive players is Aubrey Solomon, and he's a he's makes things better for them in their run defense. He's not going to be available – or, excuse me, he's questionable. He's questionable. He might be available. Uh, so right now it's looking like if he's if he is available he'll be limited, but um, they of course it's a talented team and they've got good a good a decent linebacking core and a couple of decent guys up front. But they like I said they've struggled to stop the run. They've been run all over. They gave, like I said gave up thirty eight points to Georgia State. Yep. Um, gave up uh, twenty nine points to BYU at home. Both of those at home. And it's not like I mentioned with uh, their offense the shutout quarters. Their defense has only pitched five shutout quarters, and four of those came against and during the shutout against UT Chattanooga. Okay, so they've had one quarter other than the the Chattanooga game. And their losses, one quarter they have one shutout they quarter. Been scored on. That's pretty. That's pretty. Telling. And that, it I was like the second stat. quarter of B, in the BYU game. I like that stat. And again, if you just have a really long drive in a quarter, sometimes shut. See if you if you it's when you have a bunch of shutout quarters or something where you can kind of start to put stats together, but as far as oh we shut them out that quarter you the offense might have had a ten minute drive and yeah. then 
you heard the bell ring again, that's because at my high school, the bell rings once to let classes out and then rings again to start the next class. So that's why that happened. Also, these fancy, like the TV version school bells that we got, we got this big obnoxious beep. We didn't get that little ding like they kind of did. But anyway, uh, I apologize for that. This is this is my Wi-Fi slash best uh, acoustics slash set, uh, setup for today. Uh, guys, so this is why I'm at my old high school. Um, there is no service, cell service, or Wi-Fi at my home where I live, unless when I'm not in Starkville. Mm. For those of you that uh, th- for those of you that are that understand what it's like to go home and go back to the Stone Age, you know we have satellite uh, TV, but that's it. Golly, my service is worse when I'm at school. Really? Yeah, that's when it gets See, to its worst. If I go like in the gym or something it's it's okay it's pretty good but then i try uh, to go in like a locker room and it doesn't work if i go in the gym forget it we got metal beams in the ceiling and... see we have that too but we did we put something in to make it to make the cell service pass through but i remember we go to basketball games when i was in high school and to go to another gym and you just be six hours watching from seventh grade girls game all the way to the uh-huh. high school boys no service yep anyway um and a lot of the high schools we play are out in the country and there's no service out there anyway but uh-huh. anyway moving on um, like I said, like Javin was saying though, if this becomes a game, this is a game that's going to talk about. It's going to be a lot about defense, like like all SEC games are. And as as bad as ours has been, Tennessee's defense has also not been good, and the offense hasn't been there to back it to to make up for a little bit. Whereas whereas we've been scoring a lot more points than them, um, while also having a kind of a porous defense. They've not they've not been doing either very terribly well. Like I said, they're they're if you take away their forty five point game uh, against pretty essentially a high school against the Fighting Nick Tianos of uh, <laughs> of the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga, uh, they're over there under the shadow of Lookout Mountain. You've you've all of a sudden, like I said, they've got thirty points against Georgia State, twenty nine against BYU. It sounds pretty good, and then three points against Florida and fourteen. There, that's their average goes down about six points to to about 18 points per game, which is, again, not ideal. So we're just going to have to really be on our P's and Q's when we go uh, come into Neyland Stadium tomorrow. We don't expect the, – the crowd situation is not going to be what you would expect at Neyland Stadium because of the ineptitude at Tennessee – Guys, ticket prices. I was I was with a, my friend of mine trying to buy tickets. I wasn't buying tickets. Uh, she was, and she goes as soon as they announced eleven o'clock game, like an hour later, the ticket prices dropped like like eighty or ninety percent. Wow. Uh, they were like going for two hundred fifty dollars to like eighty and seventy dollars, and she was she was paying like two hundred fifty dollars for a nosebleed seat, and she ended up paying like one hundred ten dollars for a, a great seat. So. And right now they've actually got tickets on here as low as as low as twenty dollars on uh on for sale on the ESPN app, which I did not think was a thing. So that means that take what you will. I also know a lot of Mississippi State fans are going to be there, so I don't think that the eleven o'clock with the eleven o'clock kickoff and all that, which over there would be noon, that the crowd's going to be a huge factor. Another important factor, of course, is we fully expect all of our Tudor Gate players to be playing, which namely Willie Gay and Lee Autry. We know that Willie Gay is a big deal. We know that Lee Autry is a big deal. Wop. Um, Wop. And Wop. Has Everybody Wop forgets about him. Wop yeah, I think he's played, played one. Has he played one? 
Yeah, I think he played Southern Miss. Uh, he might have. Well, that's a good. That's a good one too. Also, WAP, and of course, we also believe Moose Maiden, uh, perhaps. Yeah, but anyway, he, speaking of quarterbacks, continue. I all right, we'll give our predicted starter for tomorrow. I'm oh. going with Tommy. So we haven't named a starter, right? Guys, here's the thing. Tennessee has had the most trouble with running quarterbacks. Number one. All right. They had a better they played better than we thought against Florida and Georgia in the first half with their kind of pocket passing situation. And then BYU and uh, Georgia State was all over them with their guys scrambling around. Which is strange because their front seven is very young and inexperienced. So you would expect them to be better against the run than the pass just because they're not you're literally gonna be able to sit there all day. If you're dropping back. Oh, you would think. But it's kind of just the dual element of the quarterback. So, that would lend us to think, ah, Garrett. But, guys, and I cannot stress this enough. And this year, that's fine. It's fine. It's for the best of the team. I'm, I'm this close to just saying punt on this year and let's get ready for years down the road. But you really can't do that. That's not. That's not. You can't do that in good faith to the fan base, to the to the team, to these seniors. So let's. We're not going to do that. But I'm telling y'all, for those of y'all saying that Garrett needs to play, if he plays, he might. He might even give us the best chance to win. Maybe. Maybe not. I'm not prepared to say that if Tommy Stevens is healthy, that he, Garrett Schrader gives us the best chance to win. What I am prepared to say is that. No matter what we think is going to happen this year, a part-time true freshman Garrett Schrader, a part-time starting 18-year-old Garrett Schrader, is not going to be near as important to our program as a full-time starting, God God willing, 23-year-old Garrett Schrader, which is what we will be afforded him his, his senior year. He cannot play another snap, guys, for that, if you want that vision to stay alive. And again, if Tommy's hurt, Garrett needs to play. We've actually done the math. If Moose Maiden is one of the Tudor Gate guys, he can play four games. Keaton can play four games and keep his red shirt, which is what we want to have. This is what, Gavin? Game yeah. five? No, this is six. This is game six. This is game six. We're three and two. We've got plenty of quarterbacks that can play, that can play. If you just play Tommy against, you know, Ole Miss and uh, Arkansas, A&M, Alabama, A's, uh at LSU, that's the plan. And then if we have to play somebody else against Abilene Christian to keep Tommy healthy, maybe do that. But that's that being not said, normally though, what happens in football. I know we all have these great Garrett Schrader's getting in the game tomorrow, whether you like yes. it or not. Yes. You think So you think Tommy's playing, but Garrett's playing too? Just the way that they've Why been talking that? about it and they're fitting schemes where there's two quarterbacks on the field at once. And somebody asked Joe about a red shirt, and he said, I want to put our team in the best opportunity to win this season. We're not worried about the future. So you think – see, again, yeah. that's the right thing to do. It's just going to suck, okay? We're going to be watching Garrett his senior year when he's 22 and think, man, this dude's really good. And he could. I wish he had another year to play. The reason we brought Tommy in was for that reason, was to redshirt Garrett Schrader to where we didn't have to – we didn't have 
to burn it. Like that's why he's here. Anyway, anyway, I think I think you're right. I think hopefully it's Tommy because he's had two weeks to get healthy. Hopefully it's Tommy. I think it will be Tommy. I don't. It's the but say yeah. that Garrett sits out the rest when of the year. When Garrett's long cleats shot. touch the field, though, I, I don't see that happening. I don't an see that angry happening. Angry guy. Yeah, no, it's just it's just gonna be like. I mean, he, it's got to happen. I, you can't I finally. You know it's coming though. I know you can't. It. I, I. I just hope we haven't. Here's my hope. I hope we haven't resigned ourselves to that to that reality yet. I hope it's not. Oh, just just forget it. Forget the red shirt. No, He's got to play. I hope we're going to try our best to keep him out. It's going to happen. We might have. So I think we're going to also just moving on. I think we're going to win tomorrow. I think we're going to, you know, get our season back a little bit right. End up being four and two and two and one in the SEC. Come back and play LSU. I want to talk about the LSU game for a second. Okay. I'm re-establishing the upset alert for LSU. Why? Ask me why. Because LSU has any – I've got a list. LSU's got a great offense. A great offense. Okay. I'm not not saying we're going to win the game. I'm just saying that is an upsettable game. Do you all want to know of the four FBS defenses they've played – Sure. Where that those where those defenses rank as far as total defense and yards per play. Georgia Southern ranks 60th in total defense and 89th in yards per play. The reason there's a disparity there is because they they actually their offense is a triple option and they keep people off the field so much that they don't have time to have a total defense. They they don't have time to get 600 yards on them because but every time they are on the field they're getting a whole bunch of yards per play. Um, usually you'll see those numbers kind of close together. Texas is the opposite. They have a lot worse total defense and a slightly better yards per play because they're airing it out and they're getting off the field a lot. Texas is 104th in total defense and 85th in yards per play. Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, guys. We thought Vander, Vanderbilt's always got a great defense. They they, they can't, can't score worth a lick but can stop you and you win a 17-14 a, a to 14 game against them and they end up being 5-7. and seven. That's Vanderbilt, you know, the Vanderbilt we love. They're 125th in total defense and 129th in yards per play. Utah State is 95th in total defense. And those stats where you see the 95th and the 60 and the 89th or 60th for Georgia Southern, those games, those teams are playing most yeah. of their games against other non-Power 5 teams, and they're still ranked that bad. I'm just saying Florida is the first – Top 100 Power Five defense that Georgia's that Florida that LSU's going to play, and I'm not. I don't think Florida's going to go into the swamp and win. I don't. Um, I think if we were going to go into the swamp, we would be embarrassed. Perhaps I'm not saying embarrassed, but it wouldn't be good. What I am saying though is that we've had good luck against LSU when they come in here recently. We beat them pretty bad in 2017. Should have beat them in 2015. I'm saying that this is not a game that we just need to, to, to that fans just need to give up on. I am mad that it will not be a night kickoff. Apparently, what I've heard is they didn't announce a kickoff on Monday like they're supposed to. They said it's either going to be at CBS at 2.30 or on ESPN at, at noon, which is ridiculous. Ridiculous. I do think that helps us win a little bit more if, if LSU is kind of sleepwalking. We might be too, but LSU might be as well. 
Um, I don't know how good we do if uh, if Willie Gay and Liotri don't play that game, which I don't expect them to, but we'll see. That, that again, that's next week. We'll get into that more next week. I just wanted to let y'all know that we don't need to give up on we don't need to give up on any game at all. But for those of you thinking, I've had a lot of people, man, LSU is going to murder us, blah blah blah. blah. They might, but they're not going to murder us so bad that I think uh, it'll be closer than the we're going to be game. ashamed to be there. And I, or excuse me, they might they might they might play us pretty good and might beat us pretty bad, and they probably will beat us. But don't be that guy that says well, they're going to murder us. I don't want to go. Like that's stupid. Anyway, Gavin. Is it time to talk um, about dogs in the NFL? Sure. We can do that. Um, do we no, have anything else to I talk don't. about Tennessee? All right. Starting off with our favorite NFL son, and we don't like to talk about having – we don't have favorites. That's not true. We're lying. I'm lying to you. Dak Prescott was 27 for 44, 463 yards, which is – golly, that's a ton. Two, Two touchdowns, but he did have three interceptions. Now, for those of y'all that watched the game – Actually, the Amari Cooper was talking about how only one of them was his fault. They should have yeah, thought no. of that third one he got. Was absolutely I said two of them weren't his on, fault. Uh, absolute pass interference in a hold. Weren't. Let's say two of them were. Amari Cooper has one hits his hands that Amari Cooper admits that he would have scored on, in which case Dak would have had about 500. That would have been about a 60-yard pass. Dak would have had about 540 yards and uh, three touchdowns and a win. That had happened, but it's okay. Um. Dak, this is one of those games, if you take away, like, Dak's five best throws, it's probably the worst game he's ever played. And it's already one of the best games he's ever played. If you, But if you take away two of those interceptions, it's, without a doubt, one of the best performances ever, like, in a regular season game. I mean, 463 yards. He shows up for uh, the Packers. 27 for 44. And, it, you know, think away, take away – yeah, take away one of those touchdowns. And uh, one of that interception with Amari turned that into a touchdown. And all of a sudden, he's got three TDs, 500-something yards. I mean, that's insane. You hate to see Dallas lose a game like that. You know, of course, I do. I'm a big Dallas guy. Uh, that was that was painful. Wasn't what we were hoping for, especially I thought I thought we I thought at home that we had uh, that we really had the best of uh, the best of Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers did okay. He didn't have a great game. Here's the thing: Aaron Rodgers beat us, and they put up a lot of points. He's one two of my <laughs> fantasy leagues. Dak's the quarterback. One of them's Aaron Rodgers. Not only did I, did my team lose, but Aaron Rodgers didn't have any yeah. hardly any fantasy points because he didn't throw any touchdowns. Yeah, because Aaron they Jones couldn't even was do that. that. Like carried. goodness gracious, guys! I know they got. I was mad. Wasn't happy. Um, moving on to some other players that we need to that you all need to hear about. Um, a guy we haven't talked about is KJ Wright. Uh, very much we should have been. I mean, that's just like I said. We can't talk about everybody. KJ Wright had half a tackle for loss and seven total tackles, which led the team in a thrilling game, a thrilling win for Seattle over Los Angeles, in which Russell Wilson was absolutely balling. KJ Wright had seven tackles, which, like I said, led the team. Very, very impressive. We're going to move on to some more guys, of course. You've got your one of another one of our our Bulldogs that's just a monster on defense. That uh, is Chris Jones. I'm trying to pull him up real quick. Chris Jones in a loss versus the Colts, a defensive game. Kansas City's first loss on Sunday Night Football, which is really rare. Patrick Mahomes is actually a great yeah. quarterback, except apparently in primetime, if that makes any sense. Chris Jones had a tackle. Darius Slayton at uh, in 
Detroit, sorry, I got tangled up. Darius Slayton out of Detroit has been kind of hurt recently. We're going to keep you updated on him, but he is uh, he has not just been the been healthy this year. But when he has been healthy, he's been really really good. He's getting interceptions. He's getting uh, uh, pass broken up. He still leads the league in passes broken up since he got to the league, which is again one of the most amazing stats. Out of think of think of Jalen Ramsey and uh, Richard Sherman and all these defensive backs, and the guy that's getting the most pass passes broken up is your is our own Darius Slayton. A guy whose name that if you're watching Dak play this weekend, you saw called yep. Watt was Preston Smith. Preston Smith affected that game a ton and uh, not in a way that I was excited about. In fact, a lot of Bulldogs affected that game. We're going to go on and on about what they've got. Your leading tackler for Green Bay with two tackles for loss and nine tackles, backup yep. defensive back Will Redmond. Former, for those of y'all that don't know, Mississippi State former standout defensive defensive back, a cornerback. Uh, he was on the 2014 team that went really far. He actually picked off Dak in a play that was called back because of multiple defensive penalties. That was yeah. that one would have been the more his fault out of any of them. If that was a terrible decision by Dak, but the, of course maybe you know with the penalties being there, I don't know if one of those came out early and that he saw it and was just going to take a risk. I don't know. Preston Smith had. Four total tackles, a tackle for loss, and a sack. Preston Smith Elton had, currently has five and a half sacks already. He is absolutely – Elton Jenkins has been named by many the most impactful rookie in all of college football on offense. Or, excuse me. He was not in the whole league, in the, the whole NFL on offense. Elton Jenkins is, is, is murdering people uh, as a guard. He's playing guard instead of center. And he's absolutely bodying people up, like Gavin said. We're thrilled to see what's happening with him. Hated that they had to do it to our boy Dak and all of our other Dallas Dallas boys. Um, of course, the holder, their hold, their their excuse me, their long snapper, Green Bay's long snapper, yeah. Hunter Bradley, is from Mississippi State as well. So you've got a lot of maroon in that game, a lot of maroon flavor. Uh, some others that we'll discuss, of course. Um, Pernell McPhee is still doing really good out in Baltimore. You've got Danico Autry is really showing up for the uh, for the Indianapolis Colts. They're off this week, but they've really liked him being in, inside. And the way that their defense works, they have some really, really great linebackers. They don't ask their defensive tackles, which is what Danico Autry is, to just go and make a ton of tackles. That's not their job. However – He's doing a, a really important work and plugging up gaps so that their those defensive tackles can go and make plays. He did have a tackle last week, but didn't really get after. Uh, it's not really his role to show up on the stat sheet a whole bunch. Is what I'm trying to say. Anyway, um, that's all we're gonna do for this week. But again, we can't name everybody, guys. That would be irresponsible. We we'd be here all day. Okay. Uh, we've we named a couple this week that haven't been named before, so we're going to try to mix it up. We'll probably always talk about Dak just because he's a quarterback. And, I mean, other than that, who knows? Um, told you all last week that Fred Brown has been called up and is playing is on the active roster for Denver, so that's really good. Um, we still got players on several practice squads. Nick Fitzgerald still with Tampa Bay. You've got um, Mark McLaurin still with New York, the Giants. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> lots of uh, 
I don't know if anybody saw Thursday night football last night, but I knew with so many offensive starters out that New England's defense was going to have a great game, and they did. <laughs> uh, three interceptions, a forced fumble return for a touchdown, a block punt return for a touchdown. <laughs> great work by, uh, for me, starting New England's defense against mine and Ga- in the league yeah. that mine and Gavin both play in, me and Gavin both play in, Gavin and I. All right. Just to recap what we always said, we need to beat Tennessee this weekend. We need to see Oliver Bulldogs ball out in the NFL. We're talking more about just the, the game tomorrow, the bigger implications. This is a game – this is a, not a good game for a lot of reasons. Number one being winning this game is what we're supposed to do, and losing this game can really put – set back our football program back to where it was 10 years ago when we first, you know, started coming to come up with Dan. It won't be like the, the as bad as when we lost to Maine, okay? But this doing this this year, if unless next year is just another nine or ten win season out of nowhere, this, this loss yeah. could really put a hurt on us. If you think about it, we if you have this win, if you if we if we lose this game, the only for sure win on our schedule after that is probably Abilene Christian. That means you have to find a way to beat at, to win at Arkansas, which I still expect to do, and win and beat Ole Miss at home, which I still expect to do. But it's going to be easier said than done, and that just gets you to six and six. You win this game, you beat Abilene Christian. That's five. We're still trying to get, we're trying to get to a bowl game, guys. That's. I think we could do better than just a bowl game, but still, that's five. All you got to do is beat Arkansas or Ole Miss or A&M or something like that and get six. Losing to the team that's floundering the way Tennessee is, that's focused on so many things other than football, than just X's and O's and winning games, focused on personnel and coaching and legacy and people, you know, egos involved with Philip Fulmer and all that. It's not a good look, all right? This is a game that we have to show up. Everybody's got to, got to be more prepared than we were last week against Auburn. I, I worry about these road games in the SEC. Don't want to spook y'all or anything. The last two years I've been in college, if I've been home <laughs> for our SEC East road game, we've lost. I come home at that weekend because it's a holiday or I just happen to be home. We play Kentucky or Georgia or something, and we lose. Two games we're supposed to win, by the way. They actually had us beat in Georgia yeah. that year. The year they played for the national championship. They missed on that, by the way, guys. Um, very nervous about the game, but it's still a game that we expect to win that I think we can win and a game that we have to win, not because of what it will do if we win, but because of yeah. what we will lose if we lose. Does that make sense? Um, ESPN All gives right. us a 65% chance of winning. So just yeah, – I think it's kind of crazy that, you know, most of the time, if if your team is only given a sixty five percent chance of winning a game going into this going into that week, um, you know, you're not you're going to think, oh well, it's not a, too big of a deal if we lose. But like Colton said, if, if this is a big deal if we lose, so I just think it's kind of crazy how that that percentage doesn't really correlate to uh, the importance of the game. I mean, if we're guys, if we're looking ahead of the schedule, like I said, we lose this. We have to be, of course, Abilene Christian. Our most winnable games is at Arkansas and against Ole Miss, who's looking better. Not great, but better. And that's uh, that's at home, but still, crazy things happen in that game. This is not 
this is not a time to play around. And if any players listen to this, and I'm sure they're off doing their preparation and not worried about all this rat poison that we're putting out. But if anybody that's involved with the team is playing this, I hope that everybody just understands the mentality that we need to have, and that is all business, let's get it taken care of. All right. With that being said, of course, best of luck to whatever you've got going on. And as always, praise the Lord and go to Ogden Hill State.